0: Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this special Hall of Fame special edition, this episode I'll be talking about the players of the Bird and Magic eras. So it's right around the late 70s, around that time, and probably a little past that. So we'll be talking about all the players from Mark Aguirre all the way down to Gus Williams, so just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so, so far in this Hall of Fame special editions of the All Things Basketball podcast, so far we covered the guys that are eligible within the first the, the next three years, rather. Um, we covered 21st century players. Um, those that are retired. And um, amongst those players playing um, currently, as far as active players, we covered that. We also, yeah, we covered 21st century players. We covered active players so now i'm going to cover um players from the bird magic era the reason i delineate between the bird and magic era and before is because this era here is where the nba started to get a bit more notice it wasn't on tape delay like it was in the the uh late 70s and so forth so Um, this is when the NBA started getting a little more exposure. So, um, this, this will cover about 1980 or so cause magic came 1980 bird 81. So, um, well, he started playing in 81. He was drafted before that. So, um, so it'll cover this era here. These are players, who seen their glory days in the heights, the height of the Bird Magic era. So let's start off with Mark Aguire. Mark Aguire coming out of D Paul, that strong program over there. Ray Myers' um, Ray program there. Uh, 6'6, 232 pounds. He was the first overall pick in the 19, 1981 draft. Uh, Same draft that um, saw Isaiah get picked. I believe he was picked right after Aguirre at uh, number two. Um, Mark Aguirre was a sensational college player. Came into the pros. Was a solid pro. He started out with Dallas. Um, Dallas was a kind of expansion team at the time. So he started out in Dallas. Played there for quite a while, and then his buddy Isaiah Thomas engineered the deal to bring him over. Um, bring him over uh, that was in the Adrian Dantley deal. So, um, yeah, so and then after Detroit, after him winning a couple of titles in Detroit, he moved on to the Clippers. So, Mark Aguirre, uh. Dynamite scorer, three-time All-Star, two-time champion, um, played in 923 games, averaged 20 points a game with five rebounds, a little over three assists a game, shot 48.4 from the field, uh, 74.1% free throw shooter, and... I shouldn't even mention the three-point shooting because it wasn't prevalent at this time. So, uh, you could take it with a grain of salt. It's not... um, In the Bird Magic era, they weren't shooting the threes like they do today. So, kind of of a bit unfair to mention those numbers. But, uh, I may hear in there. So, we'll see. Anyhow. um, Again, like I said, prolific scorer. Um, He just... The fact was, you know, out, out there in the West, you had the Lakers, you had Denver, that was pretty good. You had San Antonio that had its time. Um, yeah, so it was just hard for for uh, Dallas being the expansion team to come up. So, um, you know, Mark Guire did the best he could with what he had. And then um, it just so happened his buddy uh, arranged a deal to bring him over, so uh to the, the the bad boy pistons where he went over there he was uh fine citizen he blended in well with their system um he was able to get them the much needed buckets when they went to him so Mark Aguire um should get some consideration. Will he ever get in? He's the one that you can kinda put on the fence a little bit. Um I would I would say uh, probably so, but again, you know, um, what is the criteria you're weighing it? Um, but on paper, he's got solid numbers, so um, may, maybe he'll get a, a Bobby Dane, Dandridge sort of deal where later down the line, people look at, a bit closer at his numbers and see, yeah, maybe this guy is Hall of Fame. Uh, moving on, Tom Chambers. Tom Chambers coming out of Utah 610 uh, 220 Tom Chambers uh, man he has some um, some he he, he, had, he could he could get up there he could get up there and uh, and throw it down with the best of them um, he in fact he has a few um, highlight dunks that you see in in um, those uh dunk videos from back in the day so um yeah he's he's a high riser he too was in that um 1981 draft that was pretty strong draft um he was the eighth pick in that draft um started out with the san diego clippers and then moved on to seattle where he really started playing well um from seattle he went to phoenix played well there then to utah then he uh then he played with charlotte and then with the uh, he ended his career with the Sixers. uh played 18 years in the league i can't believe he played that long in the league he played up to 1998 um yeah so uh four-time all-star Two-time All-NBA. <clears throat> uh, played in over uh, 1,100 games. Average 18, a little over 18 a game. A little over six rebounds. And a little over two assists. Uh, shot at 46.8 from the field. Um, 80.7 from the free throw line. Tom Chambers, interesting case. Uh, I believe he has a... Also, amongst those all star appearances, he has an MVP as well. So, Tom Chambers, not a name that you look at be like, hmm, Hall of Famers. Um, I always ask this question at the height of his powers, what was he Hall of Fame material? I have to say, yes. I, um, I know some people would poo poo it, but, um, Tom Chambers um, was a pretty solid um, power forward in his day, so um, would he ever get to consideration? Possibly down the line, but um, fine, fine player. <clears throat> Let's move on to Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper is an interesting case. Interesting case um, coming out of New Mexico. Uh, he came in 1978, so he was pre Magic, but um, of course he he really uh, showed himself once Magic came on the scene. Six um, five, hundred seventy pounds, defensive whiz. Played his entire career with the with the Lakers. Um, like I said, starting in that '98 season, he played about twelve seasons. Um never played in an all-star game. Interesting enough. Never played in an all-star game. But he did. He was eight-time all-defense. 8 times. Wow. He won one defensive player of the year. Five-time champion. Played in 873 games. Uh, average nearly nine points a game, um, a little over four assists, a little over three rebounds per game, uh, 1.2 steals per game as well. Um, shot at nearly 47% from the field, 83.3 from the free throw line. And he was, he was in that 78 draft, um, back in those days, they had more rounds so he went in the third round of that draft. He was like the 60th pick. But interesting case. And and you know what's happening now? These advanced analytic guys um, is talking about wind shares and tr- trying to throw that in the mix in terms of evaluating the player. And they they pretty much bring that up. When they talk about Michael Cooper. Can a guy who's never appeared in an all-star game. um, Never really was a scoring machine. Defensive player. Defensive whiz. Can lock down the best of them. Um, Could a guy like that make the haul? Um, uh, Argument can be made. Because... Look now also at Ben Wallace getting in. Um, I think Ben Wallace getting in the hall really opens the door for defensive guys to kind of make their way into the hall. And if you're going to put Ben Wallace in, uh, you got to consider Michael Cooper. Um, He was a defensive whiz of his day. Um, Even before Robin was making his bones, this guy was... uh, you know a defensive stalwart so I think eventually Michael Cooper gets in um and oddly enough he has a case as a a coach um as a WNBA coach that is um he took um the LA Sparks to two championships so I think as a player he could get in as a coach he can get in I think between those two I think Michael Cooper does get in um, and again, I say you let Bob Ben Wallace. Saying you gotta let uh Michael Cooper in. So, um, that's my thought on that. Moving on to Terry Cummings. Terry Cummings. He came in um 19, 1982. Uh, he was the second pick in that draft. Uh, Terry Cummings coming also. Uh, coming out of that DePaul program, DePaul Paul back in the days, they they produced a lot of good forwards, um, NBA bound forwards. Mark Aguirre being one, and um, Terry Cummins. So Terry Cummins, he started out with the with the uh, San Diego Clippers, then he moved on to Milwaukee, then he moved on to the um seattle then to philly to the sixes he even had a brief stint with the knicks and then he ended his career in golden state um two-time all-star uh he played about 18 years in the league um two-time all nba he won a rookie of the year um He played in 1,183 games, averaged 16.4 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, 48.4 from free uh, field goal range, 70.6 from the free throw line, and he averaged. um, He also averaged uh, a little over a steal per game. Terry Cummins, interesting cases. In fact, uh, of his 18 year career, 10 of those years were strong years. Strong, 20 point, near 20 point per game years, Um, eight plus rebounds. Um, And then that's another thing. Um, to be a Hall of Famer in, let's say, his career is 18 years. If you have 10 strong years, I think you got to get some consideration, which is why I bring the name up. Um, Terry Cummins at his full power, powers, he was a Hall of Fame player. He was. He just was. Um, especially when you saw him move on to Milwaukee, um, playing with those um that Milwaukee team over there um, with uh Jack Sigma, Sidney Moncrief, Marcus Johnson and those guys. Um yeah, yeah. Um I I'd say down the line, possibly so, possibly so. Uh let's move on. Uh let's go to Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty, interesting career. Played all, all his career with um, Cleveland. He was drafted in 1986, one year after the Ewing draft. Um, he was the first pick overall coming out of uh, North Carolina under Dean Smith. Um, seven feet tall, 245 pounds, solid skilled player. Um, five-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA. Only five hundred and forty-eight games he played. Um, Cause remember, he he played until uh, nineteen ninety-four. So that wraps up to about four, eight, eight seasons. Um, then he had. Uh, uh, the injury that really shortened his career. Um, 19 points per game, 9.5 rebounds, um, 3.7 assists, shot at 53.2 from the field, 74.7 from free throw line. Brad Doherty was definitely on his way to Hall of Fame if his career wasn't shortened. Um... Do you penalize him for that? And those Cleveland squads were pretty good. They were pretty good. Remember, they they were always running to the Chicago Bulls and that would give them problems. But um, Brad Doherty, I say, if his career was longer, he'd be a no-doubt Hall of Famer. The fact that it's shortened... Ugh. But he deserves consideration. He, uh, he did... He did a lot in a short time, so um, definitely somebody worthy of uh, taking taking a strong look at his numbers. Um, all right, let's move on. Horace Grant, Horace Grant, here's another guy who's um, the analytics crowd is touting him. Um, coming out of that program at Clemson, Clemson was another place where they produce a lot of good um, power forwards. Six um, ten. 215 pounds, drafted by Chicago. Um, He came in the 1987 draft, um, played until 2004. Um, Started out with Chicago, as we know, got his three championships there, uh, moved on to Orlando in free agency. I remember that well. He thought he was um, underappreciated in Chicago, so he moved on. Um, played well in, in, um, in Orlando. Played very well. In fact, I believe that's where he uh, got his only all-star appearance. Um, then he moved on to Seattle. Then to LA. Then to Orlando. And I think LA towards the tail end where he was able to get a, get another chip. So So he basically ended up with four championships. Four-time defensive uh, All Defense, eleven hundred and eighty-five games, eleven point two points per game, eight little over eight rebounds per game, two point two assists. Shot at nearly fifty-one percent from the field, sixty-nine point two from the the charity stripe. So, um, and he he was taken. He was taken. Um, in the first round of that 87 draft, he was the 10th pick overall. Um, he also had averaged a steal and a block per game in his career. But here's where the um, the argument for him comes. The analytics crowd, once again, talking about win shares and all that kind of stuff, are making the case for Horace Grant getting in the hall. Do I think he gets in? Good question. Good question. Um, Cause I mean, you just saw Tony Kukoc get in. Um, who was more valuable in those? See, you gotta divide the the three three championships Jordan got with um, Skyy Pippa was the. He was the constant in those six championships. But it was more Horace Grant in the first three. And then Rodman and Kukoc in the last three. So, uh, I think with these analytic people uh, making noise, I think he somehow slides in. I do. I really do. Um the numbers don't scream it screaming it out but i think um once you start talking wind shares and all that kind of stuff it's above my pay grade so um i think eventually he gets he gets in because of the hellenic folks so um yeah i would have never considered it before but um Once they got into the conversation, he, um, he's now getting consideration. So, uh, next person, and this guy should be in the hall of fame. I don't know what we dilly dallying about here. Uh, Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway coming out of UTEP, um, six feet tall, uh, 175 pounds, uh, with the killer crossover, uh, started out in Golden State Uh, playing, playing with that infamous run DMC team with him, Mullen, and, um, oh, run TMC. I'm sorry. (laughs) Him, Mitch Richmond, and Chris Mullen. So, um, and that, that those were, those were entertaining teams to say the least. Uh, he came into the league 1989, uh, he was in that first round, 14 pick overall. Uh, started in Golden State, like I said. Then he went to Miami, where he became a thorn in the Knicks side, that's for sure. Moved on to Dallas. Then he went to Denver, and then ended his career in, in Indiana. Um, five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, played 167 games. 17.7 points per game, averaging over eight assists a game in his career. 3.3 rebounds, shot at 43% from the field, a little over 43%. Um, now we can measure um, three-point range because it, st- it started to get more prevalent as his career went on. 35.5, and he, he started becoming a bit more proficient from there and 78.2 from the free throw line tim hardaway i don't know what we're waiting for um this guy should be in the hall of fame i don't know what the delay is for um i understand i get it a few years back he said uh a few derogatory things i think um towards the lgbt community community there um uh, which he did his penance for that he uh, made amends. So, um, but what are we what are we waiting for here? He he belongs in the Hall of Fame. So um, I'll beat the drum for him. That's for sure. So uh, Tim Hardaway belongs in the Hall of Fame. No questions asked. Um, next person up, Ron Harper. Ron Harper. Very interesting career. Um, it's like the tale of two careers, to be honest. Um, he came in... Um, came to Cleveland. He was drafted. Um, he was in that 1986 draft along with uh, Brad Doherty. Um, he was the eighth pick overall, coming out of Miami of Ohio. Uh, 6'6", 185 pounds. Um Five time champion. Um, he started out with Cleveland, like I said. Then he went to the LA Clippers, where he played well over there. And then he ended up in Chicago. Actually, he came to Chicago right after Jordan retired, because basically they said they need um, somebody over there. And totally made it uh, underwent a metamorphosis. And became more of a role player, if anything. But he was very b- valuable to the Bulls in their next three title, uh, next three titles that they got um, when Jordan came back from retirement. Um, then he went on to LA, where he ended up getting uh, he, he ended up getting a couple of more titles. So. He played up until two thousand and one. Um, five-time champion. Um, played in over a thousand games. Uh, averaged thirteen point eight points per game, four point three rebounds, and nearly four assists per game. Shot at forty-four point six from the field, seventy-two percent from the uh, the charity stripe. And um, yeah, so the first part of his career, he was a prolific scorer, and in in fact, anytime he would face Jordan, I mean, he would give Jordan the business, man. Um, and then once he then he moved on to the Clippers, where he played he played well over there as well. And then once he came to the Bulls, it's like. He, he he! Almost forgot he was a uh, a high powered scorer, and he really those that year and a half or so that Jordan was away, really the the Bulls fans were all over him, and then once Jordan came back, they ended up actually in the same backcourt, and he basically. Um, became sort of a point guard per se, but actually it was Jordan bringing it up. So, um, you could have went with either one of those guys, but yeah, he totally changed this game, totally changed this game. Um, kind of like what Chris Bosh did when he ended up joining the heat with, um, Dwayne Wade and LeBron. So, um... He's another guy that, um, you know, the analytics kind of make a little noise for, um, cause of his wind shares. So, Ron Harper, you, on the surface, yeah, in the first part of his career, yeah, he was, he was that guy, but he totally changed his game when he went to the Bulls and was a vital component to them winning his defense is lockdown defense man yeah so um does he get in (sighs) i don't think so but again this analytics crowd is starting to make us you know rear its head so possibly down the road he gets in possibly uh we'll see uh moving on Mark Jackson, Action Jackson, uh, coming out of St. John's uh, 1987 draft. Um, and he ended up uh, going in the first round to the New York Knicks. Uh, I, I still remember that draft. Oh, gosh, that, what a day that was. Uh, 18th pick picking the draft. It was funny because he kept sliding, kept sliding, and everybody because the drafts were in new um new york city actually they were in the felt forum at the time that's that's what it was called then um not in the garden but you know the felt forum which is a part of the garden and um and you know the crowd there was getting antsy and they were getting nervous and like i know they wanted the knicks to trade up the to few spots to get him but the way the draft worked and where he just fell down to them it was just amazing um so like i said came in 1987 and um one-time all-star once led the league in assists um one rookie of the year his first year um yeah, him, him, him and Ewan just started. They they clicked from day one. I mean, it was like he knew exactly where Ewan was going, man. It, it, it was a thing of beauty. Um, played in nearly 1,300 games. Average 9.6 points per game. Average 8 assists per game in his career. 3.8 rebounds. Uh, shot at 44.7 from the field. Um, wasn't a great three-point shooter coming in, but developed in to a decent, decent enough one, shooting 33.2 from three-point range. Average 1.2 steals per game. 77 from the free throw line. 77% that is. Yeah. Um, the ultimate leader the ultimate leader and wherever he went he he was basically the guy as far as um you know a commander of men i i think that's the phrase that he uses um of course now he's an announcer now with mike Breen and uh jeff van gundy an awesome trio there um start out with the Knicks, then he was traded, oh, I remember that day, traded, um, and they actually got in return Doc Rivers, um, which, boy, Knicks, Nick fans gave Doc Rivers a hard time because the Knicks did, Nick fans did not want to see Mark Jackson go. Um, then from, um, the Clippers, and actually he played well with the Clippers, and was part of a Clippers team that made it into the playoffs for the first time in ages. Then he went over to Indiana where he was playing with our arch nemesis. So that was, that was tough to take. It really was. Then he went on to Toronto. Then he came back to the Knicks. I remember that. Um, then went to Utah and then finished his career in Houston. Um, and I remember too, he used to get those cheap triple doubles, where it's like ten points, twelve assists with ten rebounds, um, the the Jason Kidd type triple doubles. That's what he was getting. So um, Mark Jackson, do I think he gets in as a player? If he had, if he had ended up with a chip, I think yes. The fact that it always eluded him, I think he'll just be on the outside looking in. Um, maybe once they get a category, um, as far as, uh, announcers and analysts and all that goes, he gets in. But, um, as a player, I don't know if he does. I would love to see that happen, but I don't know if that happens for him. So, uh, moving on, this is a guy i hear no one talk about him being in the hall, but listen to these numbers and they scream Hall of Fame Kevin Johnson Kevin Johnson who started his career in Cleveland and then um, then was traded from Cleveland and went to Phoenix where he really flourished um, coming out of uh, University of Cal California 6 uh, 180 pounds KJ um, he too came in that 1987 draft I think that was year a few point guards winning that draft he was seventh overall um, three-time all-star five times all NBA that tells you something right there he won a most improved player once he got to Phoenix um, he played in he played he like I said he started at 87. Played till 2000. Um, played in 735 games. Average nearly 18 points per game. Nine ass- Over 9 assists per game. 3.3 rebounds. Um, 49.3 from uh, field goal range. Wasn't that great a 3 point shooter. um a little over eighty four percent from um, the free throw line. Um, I don't. I don't understand this. His numbers scream Hall of Fame, and he was with some prolific um, Phoenix teams. He was a vital cog to the Barkley led Phoenix um, Phoenix Suns who faced the Bulls in that ninety two Finals um he kept him relevant for many years um but eventually he succumbed to injuries and wasn't what became a shell of the player he once was so um Kevin Johnson man I, I I got to say what what are we talking about here this this guy's got Hall of Fame numbers he should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't understand just as Tim Hardaway, I think even more so Ke- uh, Kevin Johnson. That's what I think. But um, what are we doing here? He belongs in the hall. So um, moving on to um, from one Johnson to another Johnson, Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. And this is where I think um, your college play kind of kicks in because remember, Ralph Sampson made the Hall of Fame. And it shouldn't have been for his pro career. I think it was for the impact he made through college as well. Um, Larry Johnson has a very similar resume. In fact, I think a better resume um, coming out of that UNLV program. And we know what they did. Um, they ran rough shot through the through the um, the NCAA's a tournaments. Um, Except uh, that, that Duke loss, I still can't get over that one. But um, 6'6", 250 pounds, grandmama, as he was called. Uh, came in 1991, played until 2001. Back injuries, man, really curtailed his career. But two-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA Rookie of the year, played in over 700 games, averaged 16.2 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 3.3 assists, shot at 48.4 from the field, uh, became a pretty good uh, three-point shooter later in his career, shooting 33.2 from three, 76.6 from the free throw line first overall picking that 91 draft by the way Larry Johnson played started out with Charlotte and those years in Charlotte I mean he was absolute terror then he came over to the Knicks um he came over to the Knicks and was a vital piece to their their run to the uh finals in uh 1999 so um yeah i tell you um yes so larry johnson i think will he get in one day i think possibly so but i mean this he was such a dominant player oh my gosh at the height of his powers absolute no-brainer hall of fame but again back injuries robbed us of what he could have been so um but interesting case nonetheless moving on to another johnson oh we got a few johnsons here um marcus johnson um coming out of ucla six seven, two hundred eighteen 218 pounds Before Mike Jordan was called MJ, this was MJ. Um, Started out with Milwaukee, with those strong Milwaukee teams. Then he moved on to the LA Clippers and eventually finished his career in Golden State. Uh, Came into the league 1977. Played till 1990. Five-time All-Star. Three-time All-NBA. Played 691 games. Averaged 20 points per game, 7 rebounds, 3.6 assists. Shot at 51.8 from um, from the field and nearly 74% from the line. Um, he was the third pick in that 1977 draft. And Marcus Johnson was as fine a small forward as there was in the league. But again... Um, it was always the numbers game. But somehow he did make f- at least five um, all-star appearances. Uh, Marcus Johnson is a guy, I think, kind of in that dandridge sort of field, But the only thing is, he never got a chip. Never got a chip. So, um, I'd say he'll probably still be on the outside looking in. But I think you still got to look strongly at his numbers. That's for sure. So, yeah. Um, so, let's move on. Sean Kemp, the Rain Man. Uh, come. He came into the league out of high school, um, 6'10", 235 pounds. Um, he came 1989, played till 2003. Um, Started out with Cleveland, and we know the strong runs he had for Cleveland, making it all the way to the NBA Finals the one year. Um, Then he moved on to Cleveland, where he played pretty well there, then to Portland, then finished his career with the Orlando Magic. Um, He was drafted in the first round, 17th pick overall. Um, Not really all that well-known. They know... They knew he came out of high school, so they thought it would take some time for him to d- develop. Um, six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, um, played in 1,051 games, uh, averaged 14.6 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, um, one po- little over one assist per game, and a little over a block per game. Shooting forty-eight point eight from the field, uh, over seventy-four percent from free throw line. This man at his heights was uh, electrifying. He was Vince Carter before Vince Carter um, in terms of his high wire act. Um, I remember a game distinctly. Late in the season, they came to the Garden. Um, My brother and I was at that game and he put on an absolute show. Oh my gosh. He had about eight dunks in that game and it was like, wow. Um, Yeah. Prolific, prolific player at the height of his powers. Um, Do I think he gets in? He doesn't have that chip. Um, He did make six all-star games. He's very well known for his dunks. Um, uh, Player robbed of a dunk contest, that's for sure. Um, Yeah, so um, do I think he gets in? He's another one that's kind of on that fence there. But at the height of his playing powers, uh, him and Gary Payton was a solid one-two punch there in Seattle. Um, Possibly one day he gets in. Um, yeah, possibly. So we'll see how that goes. So, um, I think I want to do one more before I break. Um, and this is another one that's based totally on Ralph Sampson being in the hall. Cause let's be honest. Um, if you look at his NBA resume, Ralph Sampson, he was okay. But he wasn't great. And I think the same thing can be said for this guy here. Um, Christian Leitner. I know people are going to say, what? Christian Leitner. But hear me out. When he played for Duke, one of the p- most prolific players coming out of that Duke program. Um them beating the mighty UNLV running rebels, I'm sure that that's a feather in his cap. Him getting on to, the, <laughs> to the, the famed uh 1992 Olympic team with those guys there. Um, not to say that he played a huge part in it, but he was on it so, um. I believe each of those guys are in the hall. Um, Came into the league. uh, In fact, 1992, he came into the league. Uh, Played until 2005. Third pick overall. um, Started out with Minnesota. Then went to Atlanta. Then to Detroit. Then to Dallas. Then to Washington. Then to Miami. I want to say he made the All-Star Game not in Minnesota. I want to say it was either with Atlanta. I think it was with Atlanta where he made the All-Star Game. Uh, Played in 868 games. uh, 12.8 points per game. 6.7 rebounds. uh, 2.6 assists per game. um, Shot at 48% from the field. 82% 82% from the free throw line and average a little, little over a steal per game. Um yeah, so Christian Layton, I know I know what y'all saying. Those those pro numbers are kind of middling, but I think on the strength of that his college career being so strong that can kind of propel him in um don't be surprised if you hear his name up for eligibility so um do i think he get in i i say no but i've seen stranger things happen like i said ralph Sampson getting in so um i think i'm gonna stop there um i still got quite a few more guys to go through here so um I'll say just buckle up and uh, I'll be back with the rest of the Magic Bird Era players. Alright guys, let's finish off the rest of these players from the Bird Magic Era. Um, we ended at Christian later. Uh, so we're going to move. keep it moving along here. Uh, next player up for consideration, Bill Bear bill Lane, Bear, i know it's not a name that um you know uh, a lot of people flock to but listen just listen all, all i'm doing is actually listen started out with cleveland with the cleveland cavaliers then moved over to detroit um coming out of notre dame 6'11, 245 pounds um was drafted in 1979. Uh, he, he was. Again remember they had more rounds back then. Drafted in the third round. The 65th pick in the draft. He played until 1994. But listen to um, these numbers here. Four time all star. Um, Two time champion. Uh, has One. Rebounding, uh, champ. He led the league in rebounding once, uh, twelve point nine, so nearly thirteen points per game. Uh, seven, nine point seven rebounds, two assists, uh, forty nine point eight from the field, um, thirty two point six from three point range. Um, yeah, he, he, cause he was a big who can shoot it pretty much from outside um 83.7 from the free throw line um building it, i i understand i get it you know it's not the player with the best intents but um he, he he played down and dirty defense we know that um he he was a key component to those two championships that uh that the Detroit Pistons won um a leader on that team um they don't get those championships without him um yeah I, he ha- you have to consider him you have to consider him. I don't know if he's ever been considered but um Maybe it's time um, to look at these numbers again. But um, for all intents purposes, I, I understand I get a few of those guys are already in the hall, Isaiah, Dumars, um, um, Dennis Rodman. Uh, but th- those championships doesn't happen without Bill Lanebear. That's just the way it goes. So, and he was the perfect fit for that team. So, definitely should be under consideration. Next up, Larry Nance. Larry Nance is no, another one of those Clemson guys. Um, I mentioned uh, Clemson earlier. Um, yeah, because... Oh, Horace Grant coming out at that program. But um, Nance was there before him. Uh, came in that 1981 draft along with McGuire and Chambers. Um, Larry Nance picked 20th in that draft. 6'11, 205 pounds. A lean, lean guy. Three time All Star. Three time All Defense. He, uh, Played in 920 games. A little over 17 points per game. Eight rebounds. 2.6 assists. Uh, Also averaged 2.2 blocks per game. So very, very, very active on the defensive end. Uh, Shot at 54.6 from the field. 75.5 from the free throw line. Those are pretty good numbers. Started out in Phoenix, where where he uh, that's where he really made his bones, and then moved on to Cleveland. Uh, Oddly enough, his son played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So uh, Larry Nance, I know the numbers don't exactly scream out, but they're actually solid numbers if you take a a closer look at it didn't get a chip um denied like many of uh, many other players during that bird magic um jordan era but uh solid player nonetheless played until 1994 so uh larry nance do i think he gets in I think he'll be on the outside looking in, but these are strong numbers that are worth looking at. So, um, Next up, Norm Nixon, Storm and Norman, coming out of uh, Duke and A's program, Um program. 6'2", 190 pounds, play for... fun, <laughs> I... Oddly enough, he uh he played in L.A. his whole career, either for the Lakers or for the Clippers. Um, came in the league 1977. Uh, he was the first. He was in that first round, 22nd pick overall. Um, two-time All Star, two-time NBA champion. Played in 768 games, averaged 15.7 points per game. 8.3 assists per game for his career. Uh, 2.6 rebounds. Shot at 48.3 from the field. Pretty good for, uh, for a uh, point guard. Um, 77.2 from the free throw line. and average a, a steal and a half per game. Norm Nixon, man. As solid as a point guard as there was in that era. Of course, once Magic came in, he kind of uh, supplanted him. But they actually ended up in the same backcourt uh, for those two championships. So, um, and then eventually to make room because they had now got uh, got Byron Scott. So, they moved uh, Norm Nixon to the Clippers. Um and then, actually, he played well with the Clippers, but a sustained a knee injury, wasn't in the same player after that. So, um, played until 1989. Um, Norm Nixon, I know it's a name that like, I hear you, but he was a vital part of those championships, too, and um, would have got more if he wasn't shipped out to to Clippers to make room for Byron Scott. So um injuries tur- cur- curtailed his career. So um he's he's someone you got to take a strong look at his numbers as well. Uh I think his numbers are definitely worth a look. Definitely worth a look. So moving on to another point guard, uh Mark Price. Nine I know that's not another name that screens out, uh, uh, you know, Hall of Famer. But listen to these numbers, man. Coming out of Georgia Tech, six six feet tall, hundred seventy pounds. Um, he was drafted by Cleveland. Uh, actually, he was a second round pick. Oddly enough, he was the twenty fifth pick in the second round. Wow. I even realized that. Um, Drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Played there, played well. Then he moved on to Washington. Then to Golden State briefly. And then ended his career in Orlando. Um, Played in 86. um, Played until 1998. Four time All Star, four time All NBA. Played on those solid Cleveland teams that just couldn't get over the the, the Jordan-led Bulls. Um, three-time free throw champion. I think I believe he left the NBA as the leading free throw um, percentage shooter as well. Um, played in 722 games, averaged uh, 15.2 points per game. assists per game, uh, 2.6 rebounds, 1.2 steals per game, 47.2 from the field, 90.4 from the free throw line. And that's the way in his career that puts him in the upper echelon amongst uh, um, free throw shooters. And he shot at 40.2% from three-point range. Uh, Again, that's why I say, (laughs) look at these numbers, man. The numbers say, Mark Price, you gotta take a look at these numbers and consider them. Didn't get a chip. Um, Was in the rough and tumble East. You know, you know all the teams that was there during that time. Bulls um, Detroit Chicago I mean not Chicago Bulls Chicago Bulls Detroit Boston so Milwaukee as well was tough then so yeah yeah it was it was tough the East was rough back then but um you gotta consider his numbers man you really do when you take a look at them moving on Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice, um, if you were to put his college um, career into it, um, he, in his senior year, he carried the Michigan program on his back to a a national title. Um, That title they got with um, Steve Fisher, who actually took over the team. Um, He took over the team just before the... The tournament began and what a tournament he had. Uh going all the way to the championship game and beating the Seton Hall Pirates. Six, seven, 215 pounds. Um he was he came in nineteen eighty nine, uh drafted fourth overall in that draft, uh played until two thousand and four. Was drafted by Miami. Played well there. Moved on to Charlotte where he really played well. Then to LA. Played well there too. Had a brief stint with the Knicks. Then went to Houston. Then to the Clippers. Um, Three time All-Star. Two time All-NBA. He won one championship. I believe he got that with... The, I want to say it was the Lakers. What's it? It had to be with the Lakers. Yeah, it must have been with the Lakers. He got it. Um, yeah, so played in exactly 1,000 games. He once led the league in three three-point shooting, um, 18.3 points per game, 4.4 rebounds. He averaged one assist per game. Not one assist, one steal per game. 45.6 from the field, 40% from three-point range, 84.6 from the free throw line. Glenn Rice was one of the most... uh. One of the prolific scorers of his day, um, then actually um, amongst those three All Star games, he he has an MVP where he just went off in the third quarter. I believe he scored like thirty two points in in a in a quarter. It, it was an insane quarter. Oh my gosh! Um, but Glenn Rice, man, these numbers here, especially the the three point um proficiency you gotta you gotta weigh these numbers you got really gotta look at them glenn rice i know it doesn't jump off the page but glenn rice the solid college career solid pro career i i think he gets consideration It will maybe down the line but i think he does get consideration for the hall um yeah i think so moving on michael ray richardson Sugar, the sugar, coming out of Montana. 6'5", 189 pounds coming in. Um, Michael Ray Richardson, he he kind of, to me, started the kind of big, the tall point guard era, um, which kind of opened the door for Magic Johnson as well, obviously. Um coming out of that montana program he was drafted by the knicks in 1978 he was actually the fourth pick in that draft um so Knicks took a chance on a kid from montana of all places um played well with the knicks and we and he came he left the knicks in that trade for bernard king he went to golden state Didn't play all that well in Golden State. He was okay. Um, He eventually came back east to play for the New Jersey Nets. And played well there. Played very well. Um, He played until uh, 1986 in the league. And he had a few drugs um, drug suspensions on his resume. um, Which kind of clouds things. But, um, yeah, uh, premier point guard otherwise. Uh, Four-time All-Star, two-time All-Defensive team. He led the league in steals three times. Um, He led the league in assists once. Played in 556 games. Averaged 14.8 points per game. Averaged seven assists. 5.5 5.5 rebounds, 2.6 steals per game. Um, shot at 45.7 from the field and just 69% from the free throw line. Michael Ray Richardson, I know a lot of people don't throw these numbers out, but um and then also too, his shorten his shortened uh NBA career because of the drug suspensions and, and whatnot. He ended up going over to Italy and playing a number of years over there and playing well for them. Kind of like what Marbury did in China is what Michael Ray Richardson did in Italy. Um, so I, again, I say if you were to way um, what he what he did in the pros and overseas, you, you got to give him consideration i understand that the the drug stuff kind of mars his uh career a bit but um he a pretty 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 solid nba player um at the height of his powers one of the one of the best point guards to play in the nba um I don't know if he ever gets in, because, again, I think the drug stuff kind of smears his career. Moving on to Alvin Robinson. Not a name that jumps out at you, but, again, listen to these numbers, and I'll let you be the judge. Um, Draft coming into the league, 1984. um, That famous 84 draft with Jordan... Barkley, and all those guys. Um, Alvin Robinson taken seventh in that draft. Um, Four-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA. He started out with the San Antonio Spurs, moved on to Milwaukee, where he fit in very well there. Then he went on to Detroit. Uh, I believe that was after the bad boy runs um then to toronto where he ended his his career so um excuse me um yeah so one time all nba like i said six time all defense uh, a most improved player a defensive player of the year three times he led the league in steals Um, Played in 779 games. Averaged 14 points per game. 5.2 rebounds. 5 assists. um, 2.7 steals per game. Uh, Once had a quadruple double. That's where he had the double digit in points. Rebounds, assists, and steals. Um in one game. Uh Alvin Robinson is not a sexy name, but solid career. Coming out of Arkansas, 6'3, 185 pounds. Probably won't get consideration, but he has some very interesting career numbers. Uh so definitely worth a mention, that's for sure. Moving on to Glenn, big dog Robinson. Uh, Glenn Robinson coming out of Purdue, um, sensational college player, 6'7", 225 pounds, uh, drafted first overall in that uh, 1994 draft, played until 2005. um, Started out with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he moved on to Atlanta, then to Philly, then uh, ended his career with the San Antonio Spurs. Two-time All-Star, one one championship that he got with the San Antonio Spurs, um, played in 688 games, averaged 20.7 points per game in his career, uh, over six rebounds, 2.7 assists, 1.2 steals per game, shooting nearly 46% from the field. Um, another guy who developed his three-point game 34 percent from three-point range 82 percent from the free throw line glenn robertson i uh again the numbers don't scream out but pretty solid nba career when all is said and done um i think a guy if you really take a hard look at his numbers you definitely deserves more than consideration um i i definitely think that and at the height of his powers um you were seeing as fine an nba player at the forward the forward position as you'll you'll see um do i think he gets in perhaps perhaps again i i think once the analytic guys get in the picture maybe they'll take a stronger look at him but um right now he might be on the outside looking in but I think he should be considered for sure um moving on my man look trell spreewell um coming out of alabama 6'5 190 pounds. he was more of a combo guard if anything when he first came in the league came in the league 1992 he was uh in the came in the first round he was 24th pick overall Um, and this guy, he had the fire in his belly, man, uh, played until 2005, started out with Golden State, then had the fallout with PJ Carlissimo. So that kind of, um, expedited him being out of town. He sat for, I think they had him sit out for a while before they decided to move. Move on from him, which they did. Sent him to the New York Knicks. Um, And when he came to the Knicks, oh man, did he play. Played well. And eventually moved on to the Minnesota Timberwolves, where he actually played well there as well. So um, listen to the numbers, guys. Um, Four-time All-Star. One-time All-NBA. One-time All-Defense. Uh, played in nine hundred and thirteen games, averaged over eighteen points per game, uh, four over four rebounds, four assists per game, one point uh, four steals. Shot at forty-two point five from the field, not so great. Um, another guy who turned himself into a solid three-point shooter, thirty-three point seven. From three-point range, 80.4 from the free-throw line. Again, these numbers don't really jump out at you, but they are solid numbers. I think the whole thing with Carlissimo kind of um, puts a a smear on his career. Um, Unfortunately, in the eyes of some people. So... Uh, I think he's on the outside looking in, but he has strong numbers. It's strong numbers you got to look at. So, uh, Latrell Sprewell, a favorite of mine, at least. Uh, moving on to Kelly trapuca Kelly Trapuca. I, I know when you hear that name, it's like, really? <laughs> Listen to these numbers, man. Um, coming out of Notre Dame program, 6'6", 220 pounds. Um, he was... Uh, taking 12th overall in the 1981 draft, the same draft with Aguirre, with Tom Chambers, and uh, who, who was the one other guy that was, oh, Larry Nance as well, so it's a pretty solid draft, and of course Isaiah was in that draft, the 81 draft was pretty good, um, two-time All-Star, he actually started out in Detroit, then he went to Utah. Actually he was traded to Utah when they got Adrian Dantley in return for him. So so um yeah, so he definitely missed out on all the the uh, championship runs that the Pistons had. And then from Utah he went to Charlotte. Charlotte Hornets to end his career. Came in eighty one, ended his career in nineteen ninety one. Played in over 700 games, 707 games, 17.2 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal. He averaged a steal a game, shooting 47.3% from the field, um, 36.1 from 3-point 3 range, pretty good. 84.3%. About eighty five percent from the free throw line. Um K- Kelly Trapuka, I just mentioned his name because I saw the numbers. They're pretty solid. Only problem is he had just missed out on those title runs. I think if he at least was there for one of them, you probably give him stronger consideration. The fact that he missed out on that, I think um He's just worth a mention at this point um, in the conversation. So, uh, moving on, I just have about three guys left. Uh, Kiki Vanderway. Kiki Vanderway, I I know everybody knows him as the guy who's in the NBA f- uh, league office, but listen to what um listen to these numbers here. Um, Kiki vandaway coming out of UCLA. He was drafted in 1980, uh, six, six, eight, 220 pounds. He, uh, was drafted 11th overall, um, drafted by the Denver Nuggets where there he teamed up with Alex English to, to form one of the dynamic duos at the forward position, um, Two-time All-Star, hundred, no, 810 games played, um, started his career in Denver, then moved on to Portland, eventually came to the Knicks, where he was a shell of himself, and then uh, ended his career with the LA Clippers. Played until 1993, like I said, the 810 games played, 19.7 points per game. 3.4 rebounds, a little over two assists per game, shot at 52.5% from the field. And this guy was taking long-range bombs, uh, 36.8 from three-point range, 87.2 from the free-throw line. And again, he was taking a in that uh, 1980 draft. Uh, I know the, um, you say Kiki Vandeweghe, really? But at the height of his game, he was really a dynamite player. Dynamite player. Um, but I think he sustained injuries, which um, kind of made him kind of a shell of himself. I think he injured himself in Portland. So um, when the Knicks got him, he wasn't even half. Well, he was probably half the play. He was in Detroit. That was about it. So, um, But Kiki Vanderewey. Definitely, you take a look at these numbers. You got to do a double take, but no chip. Yeah, he's probably on the outside looking in. So, Um, let's move on. Buck Williams. Buck Williams. uh, I know the name doesn't exactly send chills up your spine. But, hey, listen to these numbers, man. I kind of thought the same thing, too. In that... Coming in in that famed 1981 draft, he was the third pick overall in that draft. Wow. That was a. Everybody talks about 1984, and understandably so. But this 1981 draft (laughs) had some pretty solid players in it. Um, Coming out of the Maryland program, um, under, uh, I think, Lefty Driesel was there at the time. Uh, six, eight, 215 pounds, uh, played until 1998, uh, came in with the New Jersey Nets played well there, moved on to Portland. He was part of the, that Portland squad that was, um, given the business in the West, uh, and went to the finals against the bulls where, you know, uh, Jordan was unconscious that, uh, Especially that one game where he's dropping all those threes, but that's another story. Uh, Anyhow, um, three all star appearances, one all NBA, four time uh, defense, all defense. He won a rookie of the year. Wow, I even realized that. Two times he led the league in uh, field goal percentage, played in over 1,300 games. Averaged 12.8 points per game. Averaged 10 rebounds in his career. Uh, fit, fit, nearly 55% from the field. 66.4 from the free throw line. Um, s- solid, solid, solid player. Um, definitely a lunch pail guy. Uh, he he averaged a double-double uh quite a bit quite a few seasons in his career um definitely you gotta consider these numbers didn't get a chip didn't get a chip but um i think he's somebody wants the analytics crowd get a get a hold of his numbers they'll be like hey may maybe maybe so i think not right now but i think maybe years down the line they'll take a look at his numbers and He'll get some consideration. So. And then the last guy. Gus Williams. I. I know. A lot of people say. Who? Gus Williams. Who. Coming out of. Uh, USC. 6'2". 175 pounds. Came in the league. 1975. He came in the second round. Um, of that draft. twenty a pick overall. So. This tells you how many teams were drafting at the time. Um, He's a two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA. He started out actually with Golden State, then he moved on to Seattle. And Seattle is where he formed the deadly backcourt, him and Dennis Johnson. And they went on to win that championship in Seattle. Um, I want to say it was 1978, 79. Um, They won it. Just before Magic's um, and the Lakers started uh, their dominance. Um, Played in 825 games. Averaged 17 points per game. 5.6 assists. 2.7 rebounds. Averaged 2 steals. Shot at 46.1 from the field. uh, 75.6 from the free throw line. Um, again, Gus Williams, I know the name doesn't exactly ring a bell. Uh, he played until 1987. I think career, um, injuries in his career curtailed his, the breadth of his, uh, career pretty much. Um, yeah. So he, like I said, he started in Golden State, went to Seattle, got those championships there. Went to the Washington Bullets. Then to Atlanta Hawks is where he finished his career. But um, Definitely strong numbers. Does he get in? I say he should. I've seen him in his prime play. And he was as good a point guard as you'll see. But um, I think he he's on the outside end, but I think he's cause he was, the, he, he was the key, very key component of that Seattle squad winning that championship. I, and a lot of people forget about it because it's just before, um, um, magic and the Lakers take off and begin their dynasty. So, um, definitely a guy who deserves some consideration. So, uh, yeah, so those are all the players I have as far as the Bird and Magic era. What I have left, guys, is um, I have players before the Bird and Magic era, and I have a few WNBA players to mention as well. And I might spit off a couple of college coaches that probably deserve some consideration also. So, All right, guys, so we will chop it up in the next segment about the players before the Bird and Magic era. That'll be the next podcast. Um, and then we'll take it from there. Alright? Alright guys. Well, I'll talk to you then. So my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page GD that Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at gd.sportsdude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at gd.sportdude. Also, you can email me at that sportsdudegd at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd.sportsdude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.